Good afternoon. Welcome once again to It's Your Money, hosted by Alan Castor. We, today we thank you for tuning in, and we're going to talk about the Tax Act and Jobs Bill that was passed back in December 2017, that which is affecting us today. So look forward to um, some of the two changes we're going to talk about. And I'm going to invite you to call in with your questions. So you certainly can reach me at 240-719-2560. That's 240-719-2560. We're taking your calls right here on air. Today we are going to discuss what this legislation is. Anything that's been crafted inside of a seven-month period of time with as many changes will surely have need for explanation and just to outline the details and the impacts on you. So that's what we're looking to do today. So let's get right into it. We're going to uh, discuss what these things impact your income. Uh, stories are all over the newspapers, the internet, and television airways about the people who are discovering that refunds are lower than they have been in the past and deductions that they have been accustomed to taking are no longer available to them. So let's get started because what we want to do is help you uh, through this and that perhaps by the end of this year you will be better prepared for the next tax filing season. All right now so the tax uh, act and jobs creation bill was established back again in December 2017 passed by uh, the Congress. And unlike the tax form of Act of 1986, which was a cobbled together over two years in an bipartisan fashion, uh, the, the TCJA, which is an abbreviation for it, was produced, uh, was a product of one party heralding, ramming through its particular versions of the tax code and reform. Their motivation was to try to help the President Donald Trump to get uh, at least one piece of legislation successfully passed and approved by Congress. And in doing so, it has uh, many, many, many types of implications. So we're going to take start off right today talking about trying to define what goes into a tax return so that maybe I can help you understand the impacts of what, what you're up against. Surely there's no re problem with the fact that you've earned money. One of the uh, ways we earn our money is through our regular jobs and employees, and we receive W-2s. We may have savings accounts, we may have investment accounts, which may return interest income to us or dividends. And if you, in fact, uh, have been involved in the market of trading, buying and trading stocks, you could find yourself with a, an additional amount of income. All these things are wonderful, uh, and we encourage you. And in fact, uh, some of the uh, principles that are in this new tax bill are designed to help those individuals who may have a business. And in fact, uh, those are the kinds of things that we're going to discuss in detail and what this tax act means to them. Uh, it's been t highly touted that it's slanted towards uh, people of affluence. And as it's now starting to bear out in the actual uh, facts of the taxes being produced, that you, it's, it's, it is slanted to those who are in the business format and structure. But yet, that is not beyond your reach because you too can hold uh, ownership of limited liability companies, uh, subchapter S corporations, uh, rental property, farming. Uh, all these things are means and methods for which by, by means of which people receive income. So let's just jump right into this tax form. There are several of the tax forms that average citizens are using, and it's typically known as the 1040. Individuals who may very well have nothing more than some basic income, um, you will find that they can s summarize their income on a form that's called the EZ or abbreviated form. You state your income, you state what your dependents are, and the results will be what your taxable income is will result in the amount of taxes you will be paying. That's the, one of the most simplified methods of, of, of a tax return. Then let's talk about the average family. And I took it to a family as opposed to just a single person, but let's talk about an average family at this point. A person who has a substantial income and, a, and some assets, they are going to want to look into how 
child care is a, it has been impacted, or tuition if people are in colleges. Uh, those are the kinds of things that are now getting becoming more and more prevalent because there are qualifications that you will have to uh, maintain in order to receive the benefits from those things. However, that person may still be following a long form, what is commonly known, but it is itemizing their deductions. So against their income, they're looking to find ways in which they may be able to reduce their total gross income to a place where it's known as the taxable income. And the federal government has created tax tables that says that if your income ranges, for an example, between twenty-five dollars and $30,000, there's a prescribed amount of taxes that they wish for you to pay. So it's the objective of, of tax preparers, accountants, CPAs, and just average individuals to try to reduce that uh, taxable income to its lowest common denominator. We'll even find people as wealthy as uh, Bill Gates, uh, Donald Trump, who would work hard and hire many people to try to reduce their gross income to its lowest common denominator. That is when taxes are imposed. So in the itemizing process, there are things such as medical expenses that you would want to uh, consider. Medical expenses are not something that are just automatically given to you, but that you will have to demonstrate through documentation that you have expended certain levels of income. Uh, those, uh, that level of income that you must uh, expend in order to receive a medical deduction is 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. So for an example, and with some just some simplified figures to use, if you earn $100,000 a year, and I'm going to raise this number to 8%, you have to spend more than $8,000 in your health care premium costs, prescription medications, co-pays to doctors, dental services, eye care services, um, and even your transportation to and from is, uh, doctors and, and medical facilities in order to obtain that medical deduction. Unfortunately, I've discovered that as more and more individuals reach the kinds of income that are now more commonplace, the six-figure salaries, the double income in households, that their income is ranging from the 100000 to in excess of 200000 But if you have a $200,000 income, you will have to exceed a $16,000 threshold uh, in order to obtain that medical deduction. And again, I rounded the number from 7.5% to 8 for the sake of this example and explanation. Then, and only then, will you be able to obtain that medical deduction. We move down from that segment of the itemization, and you'll bump right into the Tax Cuts and Jobs Acts bills potent, uh, principles. And that principle was one that was established in the late hours of this, pro this law where many states, namely New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, and California, raised a serious issue about the imposition of a tax cap. It's the state and local taxes that I'm speaking of. They consist of your state withholdings from your W-2 types of earnings, and should you own property, uh, the property taxes that you pay. There are certain states that will grant you the ability to deduct the registration fees for automobiles and the personal property that you own will be assessed the value. But this tax cap set at $10,000 has become a, such a reality check for many people. For when it was being spoken of, people perhaps couldn't appreciate the fact that a cap could, could hurt them. Now the legislators of those states recognized that they had a community that would probably suffer from this tax cap because in the states of New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, and California, they pay some of the highest property taxes in the country and they also have a higher state tax withholdings. This will probably encourage a lot of people to consider where they're living. For there are a dozen states in the United States that does not charge or collect 
state withholdings. So that may very well become one of the strategies and one of the points that you might want to factor in as to where you can live and survive in this tax matter. So with that in mind, right after a short break, we're going to come back and we're going to delve into what it takes to uh, supplant that $10,000 cap. Be right back. In the meantime, our number is 240-719-2560. We'll be happy to take your calls and your questions. Thank you. Be right back. Looking for a place to advertise your business and promote your products and services? Vox Wave is the right place. We have over 10,000 views a day and 70,000 listeners a month. For more information, contact Reg Gaskins at 240-832-4455. Voxwave now features a streaming radio media player on our website's front page, where local artists can get their music played 24-7. For more information on getting your music in rotation or to perform live at our studio, contact Reg Gaskins at 240-832-4455. Android users, the VoxWave app is now available in the Google Play Store. Download the app today on your Android device to listen in and view programs. Thank you so very much for staying with us. Thought just before we move on in the definitions of the, um, the tax cap, I want to give you a, a good comprehensive summary of what the, the, uh, the, tax Act, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act bill really does entail. So as individual changes included the elimination of personal exemptions, a significant increase in the standard deduction, and the child tax credit. So there was minor cuts in the tax rates. So this particular vision for, of the tax reform um, oh, by the way, that there's a new 20% deduction for sole proprietors and owners of flow-through entities. That's going to be proven to be significant to uh, many Americans. For so many people now are uh, operating their own businesses. You'll find people who, are, who perhaps don't even realize it, but an Uber operator, Lyft operator, are sole proprietors. And inside this tax bill will be a benefit for them. Again, that is a benefit against the proceeds, the net income that you receive. Um, Congress has approved that you may reduce that net income by 20% before they impose the tax on that income. So that's a, that's a good and a very uh, uh, beneficial uh, benefit because it might now encourage more people who have um, careers in certain fields that they might be able to consult outside of their regular nine to five. They may have dreams and aspirations that they might want to pursue. It now is the time to take a very close look and become very serious at that because it will have a tax benefit. And as always, it underpins our building of wealth, which is the ultimate reason why we're here today and here in the future, to help the community build and establish wealth create a legacy that they, too, might be able to pass on to their children and families. So back to the uh, state and local tax cap of $10,000. It was known as SALT during the the last few hours of the the negotiations, and those states who knew that their citizens were going to be adversely impacted by this lobbied very hard. However, they failed. And so now these citizens living in these very pricey homes who also are enjoying these very lofty salaries will quickly and easily surpass that $10,000 cap. Let me give to you for an example. A person that earns $100,000 may very well have $8,000 withheld in state income taxes. That's one of the numbers that's going to be computed when we're talking about this, uh, this cap. That same individual who earns that level of money will most likely have a home, be it a condominium, be it a single-family home, or even a membership in multi-dwellings. Their property taxes in those jurisdictions are going to range anywhere from eight to ten to fifteen thousand dollars a year. Now imagine that you have paid 
that level of money on your property taxes coupled with the state withholdings and did you find yourself easily getting to numbers in the fifteen eighteen twenty thousand dollars in the salt that's the state and local tax withholdings and that cap will only allow you to deduct ten thousand dollars and so all of that additional income i'm sorry though the additional uh, expenditures will not be usable on your tax return. That's one of the major impacts of this tax, new tax law. And I'm projecting that there will be some revisions to that as we conclude this tax filing season and many of the citizens of this country will recognize the reason why their refunds may very well be smaller uh, than they've become accustomed to seeing. So this is the, uh, the $10,000 cap. There was some legislation, there were some com conversations about states taking uh, payments in advance of the enactment of the law so that citizens could take advantage of the, uh, the taxes that were paid for 2018 in the 2017 year. But at each uh, step and juncture along the way, the federal government would cut them off at the passes, so no state succeeded in getting that variance. And so people are now going to have to live with that. So uh, that's one of the major impacts that we can talk about. And then we'll move on to uh, something else that is almost equally as impactful, yet I think that the, uh, the, the, the new tax law will mitigate those impacts somewhat, but it's the personal exemption. The personal exemption established in the last two years was valued at $4,050 per every person listed on your tax return. So a family of five, that's a, uh, the mother and father perhaps, and three children, at five that would be $20,200. Well that $20,200 which at one time was deductible on your income tax, it was a part of that which went into the itemized deductions, it's no longer there. And that's a significant amount of money that is no longer reducing your taxes. Can you imagine a family of seven, ten members that had um, the benefit of that personal exemption? $40,000 if it was up to ten people to reduce your income surely would have benefited in uh, reducing their tax liability. So those families have, and all of us, even down to just one single individual, has lost that deduction. So the, int the intent here was to give you benefits in another fashion. And one of those other fashions is that it now allows individuals who have adult members on their taxes to receive a $500 deduction for every individual over the age of 18 on their taxes. This is new for this tax code. This is a benefit. We appreciate it. The other uh, change is in the child tax credit. This was another deduction that is allowing families who have children at the age of 16 and under to receive $1,000. And with that, <coughs> Uh, they were able to use it to pay towards any tax liability that they had. It's called a credit. This is not a refundable credit, which could be returned to you in the form of uh, an amount in your uh, tax refund check. But the change that has benefited people will be that for all of those individuals who have children on their taxes age 16 and under, the value has gone from $1,000 to $2,000 per child. I think the thought behind that is that that's how they can help mitigate the loss of the personal exemptions. And it seemed to have been, uh, it has its merit. So there we are, itemizing our tax returns. We talked about the medical deductions and the threshold we have to exceed. We've talked about the uh, cap that's on the state and local taxes and your property taxes. And, now, and we've also now made mention of the exemptions. Well, as we continue to work into the uh, itemizing taxes, we come upon an area which people who 
really, I don't believe, ever had any insight that this was taking place uh, against them, and uh, I'm sure that there will be a major outcry uh, at the end of this year. Law enforcement officers are, are primarily hit, um, first responders, um, doctors and nurses and medical practices who use uh, items such as uniforms in the performance of their work, who use their own mode of transportation, who also may very well be using their cell phones, and some are actually paying union dues. And so when you look at those levels of expenditures that individuals have to come out of their own personal pockets with in order to perform well on their job or to even fulfill their job, what used to be a deduction that they could receive if the employer was not reimbursing them is no longer available. And that can range from anything from a possibility of two or three hundred dollars to two to twenty thousands of dollars. And so that is a major change in the law. It's a, it's, it's a deduction that you must also qualify to get. And that qualifying is after you absolutely itemize the things that you're talking about uh, deducting, you must also expend a certain level of money. And that level of money is 2% of that adjusted gross income. So in the example of $100,000, 2% would be uh, $2,000. And so with that, any deduction or any expenses over and above the $2,000 can be used as an itemized deduction. So the bottom line here is that the itemized deductions are coming in in its total as um, uh, reduced. And so therefore, if you subtract less money from your gross income, you will be left with a larger taxable income by which taxes are charged. And so that's what we're talking about today, and that is what are we going to do, what do we need to do to mitigate these, ta these tax law changes and, and what you can expect when you go to your tax accountant and get your taxes done this year. We want you not to be surprised, but more importantly, we want you to be informed as to why the results are what they are. So that is a brief synopsis of a few of the itemized deductions that are mostly com most commonly used in the average person's tax return. We're going to continue to uh, look at this uh, study it closely. We're going to bring in uh, experts in the field and we're going to try to help individuals position themselves during this year so that when it comes time to do their taxes in the future, they will be better pre prepared. So that's what's going to take place. That's the nature of this, uh, this program is to help individuals to learn how to leverage their incomes and leave more for their family, create a legacy, and build that wealth that we so all need. We just thank you again for your time and attention. And again, I will be delighted to take questions um, on the air and even afterwards. So if you, would, if you feel up to giving us a call at 240-719-2560, we'll be happy to take your calls. We thank you so very much again for just hanging in here with us. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back talking about more of what's gonna, what it takes because it is your money. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to talking with you shortly. In 2018, I personally helped several people reclaim their healthy lives with a ketogenic lifestyle. Together with our team at Wakaya Perfection, we have helped over 4,000 people struggling with weight loss burn off unwanted fat naturally, control hypertension, type 2 diabetes, and high cholesterol with our Beulah Fit Keto Fuel Shake and high-impact ginger and turmeric. Contact me for yours. Buttons about that keto life .com. That's B-U-T-T-O-N-S-B-O-U-T-T-H-A-T-K-E-T-O-L-I-F-E dot M-Y-W-A-K-A-Y-A dot com or call 202-875-3926.
surely not the final, but another word on this tax cap. Those states that are mostly impacted on it, upon it have gone and done some work in their own areas and jurisdictions and states which will allow you to obtain some of the benefits. However, they're only state level benefits. So that same cap will be applied against your federal income tax deductions. Those states which have uh, engage their legislators to produce this, we're going to treat it as a workaround, but to allow them <coughs> to take that deduction from their state tax returns. So all is not lost. I'm going to encourage you to talk to your tax preparers and your advisors and see what the states that you live in have prepared to assist you. I unfortunately will tell you that in this, the eastern states of the District of Columbia, Maryland and Virginia, no such workaround is in place. Nonetheless, we want you to be encouraged. So let's talk now a little bit about how and what the benefits of having that sole proprietor business can be to you. I mentioned that it might very well be just something that you have uh, a skill or a knack for, and you turn that from a hobby or just a pleasant uh, event that you would do into a real viable business. It's important that you do establish it properly because you are always subject to the scrutiny of the Internal Revenue Services as well as the state that in which you live in. For each one of those entities can challenge your tax return. And we always encourage you to document, document, and document. Now, the aspects of having your own business is a novel thought and many, many people nowadays are turning to that. One reason is because our society has changed. There was a time when you could go onto a job and, and you could stay there for 25, 30 years or even greater and you could even be rewarded with that gold watch and a pension and you could go happily into the sunsets. But in our society of today, fewer and fewer companies are offering the gold watch and fewer people are staying on jobs long enough to re receive an annuity. And so with the change in our society, changes in demographics, just changes in the people's ability to go and make it on their own, we have come to a place where now you can allow your dreams to be actuated. And we're talking now about going into business. It's a uh, uh, it's a laudable endeavor, that's for sure, and it comes with responsibilities. And that's what the piece where many people may not necessarily uh, sp spend the appropriate amount of time at. You know, we may be the best mousetrap makers in the world. We can improve even the toaster oven. And in fact, we can even fly to planets. And, but what it requires is your uh, very attentive measures of being compliant with the federal and state laws that govern the operation of businesses. There are certain things that if you're selling products, you must uh, extract and send to the governments the sales and use taxes, S something very vital for which governments are, you know, continuing to improve their coffers. But those requirements are such things that will cause you to have, to be in conflict with the state federal local levels. For example, you have employees. It is going to be required of you to uh, <coughs> pay unemployment compensation. It's an insurance policy and premium. But if you have a W-2 employee in your workplace, you will have to pay for their unemployment compensation. Uh, well, I've come to find that many people who have businesses will use and utilize the subcontractors. Those individuals who will be getting uh, their income without any form of income taxes, state or local, uh, FICA, which is your Social Security and Medicare, taken, away, taken out of it by your employers and then forwarded it. Because of the structure of a subcontractor who happens to be a person of business, they are responsible for paying their own Social Security and Medicare, as well as their state and local federal taxes. Now, they, they, there are many ways in which they are done. Uh, 
Some, corporate, some uh, jurisdictions require that you pay them on a monthly basis. Some require that you pay them electronically. Others will allow you to pay them quarterly and perhaps even at the time in which you are filing your taxes. So those are some things that are very, very vital that you need to take into consideration when you have and open up a business. How I need you to further consider uh, the liabilities that you have opened yourself up with once you obtain a business. And that what I'm saying here is that you might very well be selling a product that someone finds adverse to their health and you would, could be held responsible for that. You may injure someone. So you need to take the appropriate steps with having and protecting yourself with uh, liability insurance, not just for your employees, but you might need to protect that workspace that you're in that you will not do harm. And so that's just a factor that people need to take under consideration. And then there are other things such as where do you do your business? Is it a home-based business? Are you using an area that's exclusively in your home and work and space? Because then there are factors that we need to compute when there are uh, exclusive uses of areas in your own private and personal home. Some may not have any space in their homes, but nonetheless, you can still have office expenses. You may still incur you know, uh, costs for the lights and your cell phone uses a computer. All of these kinds of things are very vital in running today's businesses. We need to let you know that you need to take um, close uh, awareness of the costs of these entities or these pieces in your businesses. So that's what the sole proprietor business will, will have. And, and one of the things that you have is, again, the miles. You drive your vehicle to and from your, maybe your appointments, or you might be a transport, transporter of goods, services, or human beings. And those miles are expenses that you can uh, compute and use as a cost of doing business. So this, these, the aspect of a sole proprietor business has many, 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 many benefits. It allows your dreams to be actuated. That's a nice thing because so often we, we have ideas and things, but we may be pigeonholed into a job that we cannot get away from because of life costs and expenses, but you have this, this skill and these services that you could render. And so now there's an avenue in the use of sole proprietor businesses structured in many different types of ways. You may be joint partners, individuals. Uh, you could very well be in corporations owned and shared by individuals. Or you may very well just be your very own entity and structure. And you can be called a limited liability company. So there are many benefits, and that's what we're going to spend time throughout the course and series of these sessions talking about how to um, establish them, engage with them, and be responsible back to your federal, state, and local governments. And then here is a benefit from the uh, Tax Cut and Jobs Act bill. The, the president was audient uh, about giving these people who have businesses a benefit. You will now be entitled to reduce the proceeds from your limited liability company or these other entities by 20%. For an example, you have a business that had a gross income of $100,000. And surely your business could even be as little as $1,000 too. But in the example of $100,000, and you say, well, I've also incurred $20,000 worth of expenses conducting my business. So after all of the expenses have been factored in and reduced, you see yourself with a net income from that business venture of $80,000. Well, in the new tax law, you are able to reduce that net income by an additional 20%, uh, a factor of the new tax law, bringing down that 80000 to a taxable income of $64,000. That is taking 16000 that's 20% of eighty, taking $16,000 off of that net income, bringing your uh, realized net income for tax purposes to $64,000. That will show you 
a significant reduction in the taxes that you must pay on that income. And can you imagine that the companies who earn $20 million and take an additional 20% away from that, that is the benefits that the higher wage earners or business owners are enjoying. So thereby being touted as the tax cut for the rich because they will gain the greater your income, the greater your benefit. So that's part and in summary of what an, uh, the benefits of being in a sole proprietor business. We do encourage you to do that because I often say that we use less than 10% of our brain power. So here's an opportunity where you can allow your creative juices, allow the things that you do well to be used to earn yourself a, a living. And more and more of our society are, are turning to that for those gold watches are becoming fewer and fewer. So with that, we're going to take another break. We want to thank uh, you, the, the members who are watching out there. We appreciate your phone calls. And we ask you to continue to stay with us. We'll be back for our final seg segment in a few minutes. Take care. Wave. Believe that no one in the DMV should go without a coat this winter. So we partnered with Star Imports Dealership for this year's annual coat drive. If you have an old or gently used coat that can still be worn, drop it off with us. Vox Wave Studios at 4711 Off Place, Suitland, Maryland. And give the gift of warmth to somebody in need in the DMV. truly hope you've been enjoying the show thus far, and um, give, us, give us a call and let, give us your opinions on what you have heard thus far. And I hope you enjoyed the theme song, uh, It's Your Money, by Pink Floyd. So we just thank you so much again. Hey, look, uh, it's been swell talking about the tax return and the, some of the things that this tax act has changed in it. There are so, so many things more to talk about. So we're going to bring in a field of experts, and we're going to discuss these things in an infinite state so that you'll gain the greatest knowledge. So here's some things that we're going to talk about in our last section here, and that is after you've done your income taxes, after you've even received uh, your refund checks, um, and perhaps even those who perhaps haven't done an income tax at turn at all. But what you will get is that letter in the mail. And if you should ever get that letter, that letter from the Internal Revenue Services, or perhaps even from your state or local governments, you know, it tends to run that little uh, uh, shiver up your spine. 
In fact, I've even seen people who refuse to even open the letter. They bring them in and ask, can you please read this for me and tell me what's going on? Well, there is always a very real possibility that the Internal Revenue Services or your state and local government will write you to question you about something on your tax return. And as equally, they will write you to advise you of something that they have learned and is not on your income tax return such as the wages that you could have earned as a consultant, maybe as a DJ, or as uh, a person delivering services. And that uh, structure who decided to pay you also decided to send in that report to the Internal Revenue Services, and you perhaps were not aware of it or did not necessarily treat it uh, significantly in that matter. So the Internal Revenue Services could write you and ask you about that. Well, I want to kind of help set the record straight that I don't think you need to worry as much about these letters that come in. Yes, they're important, but there's always an avenue to address them. Those commercials you may find on the regular national television programs that incite the fear in your heart that you could lose your home, they could come take your car, or they will garnish your wages. They may even take one of your siblings. But I want you to know that that's not the final answer. That's not the final answer in any of these matters. And if the Internal Revenue Services does write you, if you would be but um, cognizant and be responsive, they will work with you. And if you can correct a measure, they welcome it. You'll find that those individuals that you may interface with are people who are just like yourself. They have children that they're raising, they have tuition that they're paying, and they are also not uh, beyond being fallible. And so errors do happen. They are both made on the taxpayer side as well as the tax preparer's side of the, of the ledger. But there is always an opportunity to resolve them. Not, and so you do not need to anguish these days unless, of course, you are being fraudulent. And in that manner, you should expect to receive all that which uh, the laws will allow these entities to have. Um, speaking of being fraudulent, only a few years ago the Internal Revenue Services claimed that they had seen over three million fraudulent tax returns. Many people may now be uh, suffering from that and as much as once they attempted to file their tax returns they learned that there was one already there. So that was the first uh, notification that they've gotten that there might have been an identity theft. And we know that there have been many breaches of security through some of the largest chains. There was something in one of the chain stores where 18, 19 million records were, were stolen. And this has gone on with countless organizations and perhaps with very little uh, public awareness that this thing has happened. And then those who were able to secure this kind of data would be in a position to file income tax returns and perhaps even get credit cards and, and, and other ranges of debt that you will find yourself having to defend. So that is a very real matter. But let's just say that that has happened to you in the income tax area. And once you have substantiated that you are the individual that you are, the Internal Revenue Services will assign you a six-digit personal identification number to be used along with the filing of your taxes. Now, this is not going to be a life sentence. This is, they've already indicated that this will only continue for about a three-year period so that they can be assured that that fraudulent tax return has been flushed out and perhaps those individuals have been caught and prosecuted. But uh, you will receive a notification of your PIN uh, on an annual basis and is to be used with the filing of your tax return. No electronic tax return will be able to go in without the PIN if it's been assigned. It will be one of the first level checks and then you will have to provide that PIN number to whomever is doing the electronic transmission of your tax return. Nothing will stop you from mailing it in. You can surely mail in that tax return. But when the IRS does get it, it will be uh, bounced against their database against the, uh, for those known fraudulent tax returns. And again, there are avenues by which you can file. So consult your tax preparer and your tax accountant and 
and your advisors. So there should be many people that you should seek your, your information from so that you will be prepared and your, your taxes will go through the first time and correctly. Oh yes, there are so many things that you need to know and learn and it is our hope, our expectation that through this forum you will be able to become more, more educated about what goes on. And in fact, if you were to come into my facility, you will get a first-hand account of everything that's in your tax return. For it is one of our tenants that we want you to have ownership of your tax return by knowing what is in it, the level of income, the sources of income, the types of deductions, and every aspect of it. For we think that an educated society is a, a very knowledgeable one, and that's what we want you to be. We want you to be knowledgeable of these things. And so we take the time to educate you. And so this is what this forum is, is to educate you prior to taxes. Because when we talk about it's your money, it is not just about a tax return. We're talking about, is it wise to finance an automobile? Is it wise to have student loan debt? What are some of the ways in which we can kind of bring those things into control? For in our community, we recognize that we are, you know, we take, we pay the highest rates of, of interest on any kind of financing, and then we find ourselves paying the greatest amount of money for an item. And we need to kind of break that chain. And one of the ways is to build your wealth and make your money work as hard for you as you have worked for it. We just need to do this these days. We cannot, there's just no further uh, excuses in a society where everything, the price of housing, the price of automobiles, and education is skyrocketing. It's far exceeding the incomes that people are getting. So we need to learn how to take what we have and do more with it. And we need not leave those kinds of problems for our children and loved ones. So that's the nature of what this program will be about. We look to answer as many questions that you might have. We want to enlighten you to the fullest level that we can, and we want to do everything to make this uh, in your life, in our society, a better place for you. So once again, I do thank you for your, your presence today. Uh, we're going to bring in some guests starting next week, and we're looking to talk on topics uh, in this tax season. We're going to stick with that as being one of our, uh, our primary uh, topics of discussion. But, oh, there are so many things when it comes to your money, and we hope to be able to help you in that journey. So thank you again for tuning in. We look forward to uh, working with you some more in the near future. Um, I want to thank those again who helped sponsor this, uh, Star Imports, you know, for providing the facility, uh, Vox TV network for giving me a forum for which I can get this information out. I greatly appreciate their support and we look to be able to hear from you as we go forward in the future. May God bless you, may God keep you. Take care.